Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Theater of Football. Today, I'm joined by Patrick Heinrich. Uh, Patrick, hello, how are you? Hey, everybody, I'm doing well. And uh, we're also joined via audio by uh, Jeremy Forbes. Jeremy, how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing well, Mike and uh, Patrick. Uncle, Pappy, Uncle Poppy is happy to be back on the show after a while. <laughs> we're, we're glad to have our Uncle Poppy back. Um, <laughs> but uh, we're going to get to United and our transfer dealings uh, soon here. But uh, first, I wanted your guys' take on uh, the big match yesterday, Bayern Munich dismantling Barcelona 8-2, to two, shades of our 8-2 to two win over Arsenal uh, nine years ago. Um, I, I said my piece on our podcast. Uh, Patrick, I'll start with you. What did you make of the game? Well, I think overall Barcelona just got horribly outpaced. Um, they had a few shots. I think they um, tried their best in the first 15 minutes and got discouraged and then just all heck broke loose and they just stopped caring. I don't know. To me, it just seems like, um, well, you know, first of all, they are, are um, they, they have an older, I would say an older squad. I mean, I think um, it, to me, it was also kind of an example of like how um, Bayern has done such a great job of bringing in new young players and great young talent. And Barcelona is kind of this, you know, reigning, um, king for so long that, um, but a lot of their players are, are getting older. And I think, um, like I said, Bayern just outpaced Barcelona the whole match. Um, and at the end, they just looked like they just didn't care. That's <laughs> what happens. They yeah, just all got back on the bus on, at halftime. And then I don't know who was out there playing. They put on their jerseys, but. <laughs> yeah, Jeremy, uh, what? Jeremy, what do you what do you make of that? Um, I pretty much agree agree with uh, Patrick wholeheartedly. Um, I didn't actually get the chance to watch the match. I was really busy yesterday, but it was also a match that I never wanted to watch to begin with. <laughs> um, and, and I'm actually quite happy that that Bayern Munich won, and I thought they should have won that game because, like he says, you're talking about a Barcelona team that is basically coasting on a lot of merits of superstars from the past. And they haven't done a very good job, like, like Patrick said, of bringing in uh, young sensational talent. Uh, ones that they have tried to bring in have flopped drastically. And they've spent a lot of money on players that, you know, were frustrated other places and haven't been able to come there and regain form. Like, Griezmann has not really been a sensation at all. So, like, when you – when you and then they, they try that Neymar stint and thing. Like, those are players that were already frustrated and, and, and they just weren't able to find their form there. So, um, I what I think they need to do, even though I hate them as a club, if I'm being objective is, is they just need to clean house and get away from – the lure of Messi of old because that's all that they've had for how long. And if they don't get away from that, they're still going to find themselves in these same kind of problems. Yeah. No, you're, you're, you're right. Uh, they, they do need to, they do need a massive rebuild. I think that was clear for everyone to, to see yesterday. 
Um, but reports out of, out of uh, Catalonia say that they have no uh, money to spend because of the drastic, because of the amounts they've spent in recent years and the hit the club's taken with the pandemic. So um, how do you go about rebuilding if you have no money to spend? Well, um, I, I would I say, well, go ahead, Jeremy. So, yeah, yeah I would Sorry, go ahead, Jeremy. Well, Sorry about that, guys. I would say in this kind of instance, the whole allure of the brand as a whole uh, should be able to attract young talent that have promise that you can pay little to nothing for. Yes, will they be superstardom? Will it just put Barcelona on the map because of getting them? No, it won't. But you actually don't really need that anyways. Like, you just need the ability to give these uh, younger kids a, a, a platform to showcase and sometimes that platform will be what will give them that extra push to excel their game to the next level uh that would be that would be my kind of my kind of thought process on that you know work to do like what united used to try to do in the past instead of going out and getting young superstars that are already on their trajectory and way Get young players that aren't superstars that you believe you could turn them into superstars. I'm glad you brought that up because I'll get to that point in a second. But Patrick, first, what were you going to say about uh, Barcelona? Well, I was just going to say that the really difficult thing that Barcelona has, and every now and then you see this same kind of rotation happen with really large clubs. You get really big clubs who have fantastic talent, um, superstars playing on the team, um, and then you, they, the team develops, you know, this kind of grandiose feeling about themselves. And then you have trouble bringing in young talent or you have bringing in like a new manager, um, like Setien, like they always, everyone always talked about not liking him because they didn't, um, all the, the, the players didn't like him because he wasn't accomplished enough. And it's like, well, if you're playing like Messi, well, who's going to be accomplished enough? to coach Messi, you know? So it's like you have this, um, this kind of all-star team and that, that's getting older and like it's going to be more and more difficult to bring in young talent and it's going to be more and more difficult to bring in anything but the best managers or the best players and that costs tons of money. And if they don't have it, mm -hmm. it's really difficult to do that. But I think they have to, they have to do what you're saying, Jeremy. They have to, you know, bring in um, the young no-namers and give them um, a chance to play for Barcelona and then see what happens. But they're going to have a really difficult time over the next, you know, two or three years doing that. Yeah, uh, excellent points. Uh, it, to me, what will be most interesting is to see who the next manager will be because mm -hmm. – I don't think it's a job. I know it's Barcelona, but uh, given the resources or lack thereof and the aging squad, it's it's going to be a big rebuild, and it's it's it'd be difficult for me to see any established managers wanting to go there. Um, now maybe they go and bring Zabi back from Qatar, where he's managing. Uh, that could happen. I've heard that yeah. bounced about, bounced about in the media for the past twenty four hours, but. Um, it'll be interesting to see what, uh, who the next manager will be. And uh, to, your, to Jeremy, you brought up United and how we would sign uh, young players and try to nurture them to become superstars. And 
it came out in the past 24 hours that supposedly we've agreed a deal with uh, partisan Belgrade, who we met twice in the Europa League group stage for a 17-year-old winger, Philip Stevanovic. I believe he came off the bench in both of those games. Uh-huh. It didn't really make an impact in my mind, but uh, uh, it's a deal that's rumored to be around 10 million euros. Um, if this is true, is this uh, exciting news for you? Um, getting back to kind of maybe more of our uh, past transfer structure from maybe a decade ago? Yes, I would be more excited about that because I think we, we now have a structure where we do have, even though they're young, they're more mature young superstars that can help deafen the, um, deafen the blow of these players coming in and feeling the pressure of needing to produce right then. And with that lack of pressure, sometimes you just get players that are able to play for the love and fun of playing playing for a club that that they can be excited about and with that love and fun of playing you know you do get that kind of energy that you got from like a Cristiano Ronaldo when he came in he didn't really have as much stress to be uh, you know their actual solution solution but he had the energy to 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 just excite not only the crowd but the team as a whole I don't know if I mentioned this, but uh, part of the article I read said that he would be spending next year uh, still with Partizan Belgrade on loan. Um, mm. So it's it's somewhat similar to a deal we did for Wilf Saha um, back during, I think, Fergie's final year, last two years. Um, so uh, it's somewhat similar to that. Um, so it'd be a little disappointing that we won't get to actually see him in a red shirt for at least a red shirt for uh, uh, 12 months or so. Um, now, that, that part I don't know if I 100% agree with. If you, if you like the look of him so so far, then I think you just go ahead and bring him into the club. Um, unless they're doing that because they still feel like they are going to try to get the Jordan Sancho. But if they're not going to get the Jordan Sancho and we have to do – three or four smaller players that would equal up to his value, then I say go ahead and bring this guy in from now. Uh, you now, you might also risk the thing, same thing happening with a, with a, a Yanisai type, type thing. But uh, in, the, in the current climate and in the current positioning for United, that might not actually be the worst thing either. The worst thing, uh, how having a having a having a player that would come in and almost be like a a Yanisai, where he had a lot of potential, um, he excited a little bit here in games here and there, but he didn't he didn't he didn't evolve into what they expected him to be. Mm-hmm. But for for bits and pieces during during a couple of seasons, he did bring about enough energy and enough kind of of quality to help help the club. And I think that's what we'll need over these next couple of seasons. We don't need a player to be extremely productive uh, game in and game out. We need some players that will bring in some excitement and some talent that teams will not be expecting. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, uh, Patrick, what'd you make of this, this transfer or potential transfer? I think it's good. 
Um, I mean, it's nice to have young talent. Um, I also too have been, you know, thinking about the, um, you know, the, the deal to uh, have them stay on loan with partisan Belgrade. Um, I think maybe there, in my mind, there's maybe some sort of, um, you know, back, back alley deal about getting him more play time for partisan Belgrade, maybe, mm-hmm. and to say, Hey, we're going to buy you, but, um, we want you to stay on loan and uh, Hey, you know, bosses at partisan Belgrade, like give him some more play time just so he gets a little bit more experience. <laughs> so he gets out on the, uh, when he comes over here. So, or comes to United. Um, so that's the only thing that I could think in my mind that, you know, makes sense about why they would keep him on loan is just to, you know, get him more play time there. Um, but I think it's a good, I think it's a good deal. I mean, I think regardless of how um, everything works out with uh, Sancho or other transfers, it's always good to attract and retain young potential talent. And that's what, that's what potential talent is potential. <laughs> yeah. My, my reaction was similar to Jeremy's. I wasn't thrilled with him um, going, staying there on loan for a year. I, whenever we sign players, I want to see them in United shirt immediately. But Patrick, you're right. I think, uh, well, two, there's two two reasons to keep him there. One, I think you maybe drive down his fee just a little bit if you agree to, for, with the club to, mm-hmm. keep, to keep the player for another year, even if they're technically on United's books at that point. Um, that, I think that helps drive down the fee, maybe a couple million. I don't know. I'm not in on these deals, so I could be wrong. Um, but the, the other thing is exactly what you said is that he's going to play uh, he already had uh, a, a many appearances for the club this past season and he'll probably uh, barring injury knock on wood uh, have even more uh, minutes this year and he's going to play yes and uh, maybe a, a lesser league but he's going to play be playing against uh, hardened professionals and that'll make him uh, even better whereas if he came to United he might get a run out in a Carabao Cup tie or uh, you know, we're in the Champions League now, so it'd be hard to see him playing in that uh, yeah. 17. But, um, yeah, I mean, he wouldn't get that much playing time. He'd be playing mostly with our uh, under-23s. So, um, yeah, it, it, I think it's a good deal because uh, we get back to kind of what we what we used to do under Sir Alex Ferguson and, and sign young players. And we've been doing this over the past couple years as well. Uh, you look at, like, uh, Hannibal Mejbury, who's currently in our – um, under 23 set up and is poised to potentially make his uh, senior debut over the next 12 months. Um, so we're getting back to doing some of this, um, but uh, it doesn't exactly get, you know, the excitement going as a, as a supporter. We like, you know, big transfers to come in, players that can come in um, who are maybe a little bit older than 17 and make an impact right away. Um, I want to talk about uh, Jadon Sancho now, um, and Jeremy brought him up a little bit ago. And uh, the latest with him is pretty much that there is no latest. Uh, negotiations are at a standstill. Dortmund say their decision not to sell at this point is final, uh, which I never believe when any club says that. Um, nope. You can always get them to change their mind. But, but um, they also came out and said that they have no money to spend because of the pandemic, um, but they have enough money to pay the wages of their players. So, um, uh, Patrick, I guess what I'm getting to is, should we get this deal done 
as soon as possible? Or should we take the rumored 120 million euros that uh, um, Dortmund want and sign three or four players to add quality and depth to the squad? I think we should just get the deal done, quite honestly. I mean, I think it's something that uh, we could we could definitely use Sancho on our squad. Um, I think he could definitely make a, a, a huge positive impact um, from what I've seen so far in how what he's done for Dortmund. Um, and I think I think we should just get it done. Now, I'm not saying you know we should just pull the trigger and pay the 120 million. Um, I think we should you know try and still approach it and negotiate. Um, but I think that we should. As, as a single fan who has no decision-making responsibility at all or consequences for those decisions whatsoever, <laughs> I think we should definitely pull the trigger on, um, on, on getting him uh, in this transfer window, 100%. Even if that means, I should preface this too, that baby Sancho and this uh, Stevanovic are the only players we bring in. Because rumor has it that that would be our entire transfer budget as well. Yeah, I, I would be okay with that. If that's okay. all we can do. And, then we, and I've felt for some time, if, if, if Sancho is all we can do, then I think that was good in my book for, for what we could get done. Um, okay. Getting another $10 million, 10 million euro, you know, 17-year-old player, kind of sweetens the pot for me because it makes it a little bit, uh, gives a little bit of potential talent along with the, you know, high likelihood of talent that we would get from Sancho. Yeah, it would be quite a dynamic forward line if we signed Sancho. So mm-hmm. Uncle Poppy, now's your time to, to sound off on, on Dortmund and uh, <laughs> Ed Woodward and our, and our uh, 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 this, this whole transfer saga that's transpiring with uh, Jadon Sancho. My 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 full my full let me call it my full Uncle Poppy rant will have to come out here in the near future. Um, I'm going to keep it a little bit briefer. I do want to go into that in more kind of uh, uh, grandiose fashion, but I actually will say this: uh, I am actually completely against what Patrick has said. <laughs> I think that is ridiculous. I think uh, Dortmund has taken the mick a little bit. Um, I think holistically, at some point in time, I'm sorry, but Jaden Sancho, if you really want to make this move, you need to make it truly be known and not just get in WhatsApp group chats and all this stuff. You need to go to your current club and put some pressure and say, okay, yes, I understand y'all want to make money, but I also want this move. And y'all can also be be working a little bit better uh, with United to make it happen than what you guys are right now. Because if it was Bayern Munich, he would probably be going to them and they would not <laughs> be paying this money. So come on Dortmund, you know, practice what you preach and get it done. Or the player just needs to, to make it happen or we don't need to go for him. I'm sorry. A player needs to be a little bit more passionate. We don't need to go for you if you're not going to do like how all the other German players do when they're heard that, oh, Bayern Munich is coming for me. You know what happens? They say, sorry, other German club, I'm not playing for you anymore. Get the deal done. That's what they do. Yeah. Um, stop, trying, stop trying to play the, uh, 
the sweet guy. Oh, I want to play for Dortmund. I don't. I like the team. Or oh, I want to play for United. Stop playing the sweet guy and say I want this deal done. Be a Pogba. Be a person that's come out and said if this is where I want to play. Get the deal done, club. Yeah. Um, so you, at this point, you would just assume us go after other targets. Yes, because I don't care what you want to say about our attack. Right now, if we don't actually also sort out some of our defensive frailties, who cares if Sancho comes in? We're not, we're not winning the league. We're not. I'm sorry. We're not. You can toss that league goodbye if we don't fix some of our defensive frailties. Yeah, uh, I actually I, – I, I guess I lean more towards your argument, Jeremy. Um, I would – as, as – like, I would welcome Sancho. I'd love him to come in. But if that's all we bring in, I mean, I'll be excited for what I anticipate to be a great uh, a season of attacking football. But um, you're exactly right. He's, that wouldn't, we wouldn't be challenging for the league. Um, and we probably wouldn't be challenging for the, the Champions League, um, especially given what we saw from Bayern last night. Oh, yes, our defense will get run ragged. Sorry, yeah. Harry Maguire will get overrun. We will lose three goals. And Jaden Sancho is not going to guarantee that we get three extra goals to tie a game every single time. I'm sorry. Yeah, Jeremy. But what about the argument about excitement and energy and bringing in someone who can revitalize the fans and get everyone excited about watching again? Oh, what about that Greenwood. argument? Greenwood gets me excited. Let me not go into how much he gets me excited. <laughs> <laughs> Mason gets him excited. <laughs> and, and when you really look at it, oh my goodness, let's just be honest. When he was playing in that Europa League game that day, he was the only major spark in my opinion. How many times just one little bit of difference in a strike and it hitting the inside of the post and not going out. Mm -hmm. Like, and if you actually had players that were a little – I think if you had Igalo in there, one of those goals would have got turned in. If you had – oh, my Lord. Oof. If we could turn back the hands of time and have Berbatov in there with, <laughs> with, with, with Greenwood, one of those shots would have got turned in because he would have been expecting Greenwood to pull the trigger and be there for a tap-in when it came right off the post. Or, you know, you got to also have that kind of thought process as well. Like, he played brilliantly. So you're going to get those kind of games where his shot, all the shots were on target. Don't don't get it twisted. All of them were on target. And some of those times, you're going to get one game out of, what, 10, where every single shot that's on target like that and looks so sweet just needs that extra little bit of care to get it in the back of the net. Yeah, uh, he. I thought Greenwood did play well against Copenhagen. I assume that's the match you're, you're talking about. Um, yeah, I thought, but I thought, I mean, you said you bring in Igalo, but I thought Martial played really well as as well. So, um, gosh, I mean, I mean, I think it goes back to the point where um, bring in Sancho, and we'd be spoiled for uh, attacking talent at this point. But I still feel like we, we still need that creativity in midfield uh, uh, and, and maybe some more steel in midfield. And also, like you were saying, Jeremy, we need to – we still need a center back. Um, that's the parent. 
And we could also potentially do with a left back because Luke Shaw, unfortunately, tends to get uh, injured. Mm. So um, this was something I was spitballing the other day. Um, so you have uh, Donnie Vandebeek, who's a player I, I really enjoy. And supposedly he's available for 40 million pounds. And then you have uh, Tiago down at Bayern Munich, who's – reportedly told the club that he's ready for a new challenge. He's going into the final year of his contract and Bayern Munich are willing to accept 30 million euros for him. So you look at these two players potentially available for uh, less than 70 million pounds, which is uh, far less than what Dortmund seemed to want for Sancho. Um, is this something that now, I know neither are defenders, but I was also toying with the idea potentially McTominay could play in as a center back. He's done it a few times this season in a pinch. I haven't seen it enough to see if he's a viable option there uh, for starting matches uh, in a string of matches or whatever, but that could be potentially McTominay's um, role going forward. I mean, what, to, what do you guys make of that idea? Jeremy, I'll start with you. Um. I like that idea, and I, and to go one step forward, if if you are able to search search around and find a young but fairly mature, uh, quick, um, center back, that would cost an additional, maybe fifty fifty million. You're actually then having in three players, and you could still potentially try to do like what you did, find another younger player that can go back into that role. And then have two other players that can now be, you know, vying to help help the team in that position. And then you're going to get basically all three of them for about the same amount that you're going to get one player. Mm-hmm. And let's just be honest, we do need multiple positions to have backup over across the pitch. So that's the value that you get there. One player for three good, solid players across our pitch where we need it where we're actually going to be challenging for another now cup. And it's going to be all, you you know, your need squad rotation. So um, we can't just say, oh, we need to give Bruno a rest, but we can't even throw anybody on that's like, you know, 80% of what Bruno would be. We're throwing <laughs> on something of 40% what Bruno would be. These other players, they're going to get you. They're not, they're stars. They're not superstars. So they're still going to give you a better outcome than being just good players that United grew up through the years. Patrick, uh, to you, um, as far as Van de Beek, I could see him filling in for both Pogba or Fernandez. And I see Thiago doing much like he did against Chelsea and uh, uh, Barcelona and sitting deep, uh, playing more in place of, of Matic. Uh, I think he's maybe two years younger than Matic and uh, better with his feet. Um, what do you, what do you make of my idea, Patrick? Well, I definitely see uh, Van de Beek as a good replacement for Fernandez. That's the one thing that I agree with. Um, I can see from what I've seen from him play, he has the, the creativity and um, the kind of quick touch ball game that um, Fernandez has. And um, I don't necessarily see him as a Pogba replacement. I, I pretty much see him as a Fernandez replacement. Um, and as, as far as uh, Thiago, um, I, you know, if we end up doing 
I think that would be a, a, um, a plus for the midfield. I mean, I think we need to reconcile with the fact that Modish is older, um, you know, or getting older. And, you know, um, I don't think we have a good replacement for him. I like the idea of McTominay as center back. I think he has the, he certainly has the hot headedness to do it, I think, <laughs> in many situations. So I could see that as a good, um, a good switch. Um, but you know, if I if I saw any of them, I, I think that Van de Beek would be, you know, the top of my list to be a substitute for Fernandez, um, you know, as some of that creativity in the forward line. But you know, if we can't if we can't finish any of our shots, um, and we can't put anything in the back of the net, then what good is a defensive back? <laughs> what good is a defensive team? So it would be great to have a nice finisher up front, <clears throat> Jaden Sancho. Uh, that would be you know good to. Uh, uh, be able to put some balls in the back of the net, not have to rely on penalty kicks. Well, it's interesting you say uh, you see Van de Beek more like Fernandez because um, the reason – I mean, I, I think he can play in the, the Pogba role with Fernandez further forward. Um, and, and the reason why I bring that up is all signs are pointing towards Pogba is going to sign a new contract when the Europa League ends, mm-hmm. um, which is good for us, but I don't – I don't think we can trust him to start 45. I don't think we could trust him to start 30 games, let alone 45 or 50 that we'd probably need out of him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not saying Van Der Beek would come in and be a backup. No, I want him to come in and push Pogba and try and get a starting spot himself or, or even push uh, Fernandez. Um, so uh, I just, I think that just solidifies our squad. We have a big squad right now, but we don't have any strength and depth. And uh, Jaden Sancho would definitely improve, I think, our starting 11, potentially. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe we don't need to rely on Greenwood twice a week. Um, he's still in his teens and kind of bring him along a little bit. I'm just worried about him maybe hitting a, a wall, which I hope doesn't happen. Just ki- kind of similar to what happened, I think, with Dan James this season. Um, he started off so well, and then Ole just kept playing him, kept playing him, kept playing him, and he just ran him into the ground, maybe more so mentally than physically. Um, so uh, I appreciate your guys' uh, take on that. Um, Jeremy, you didn't really talk about McTominay as a center back. Do you think he could perform that role, or do you think I'm kind of crazy thinking he can? Um, for him, because he's really lanky, I like center backs to have a little bit more meat. That's just me. Okay. I mean, so, so I'm willing to say if all he thinks he can do it, to give him a try, give him a try. He was playing really good kind of defensive minded football uh, last season. And then he kind of had a switch though. He, in my opinion only where you were seeing him uh, enjoying that kind of, uh, attacking kind of feel and mindset. So I think in his mind, he probably wants to be more of a box to box. And because of his lankiness, you switching him from the, the, the ability to be a box to box to now being a defender. I just don't know if that will go over as well, but I think he does have the technical ability to be given an opportunity in that space I just I do like more stronger meteor meteor players though in defense because you will get the strikers that will try to do 
the kind of uh, tussle. Uh, let me hold up the ball and turn on you. And you want a stronger kind of player to be able to muscle with them. Yeah, um, I, I hear what you're saying. Um, and uh, like what Patrick was saying, he wouldn't be a passive defender. And I don't like passive uh, defenders at all. I like defenders who are going to uh, take action. Yeah, um, yeah. That's, but, that's uh, cool. But to your point about him, his uh, uh, more of attacking focus. He scored against Arsenal and City this season. Um, I think he'd be a good option as far as playing the ball out of the back. But yeah, it'll be it'd be interesting to see how he would uh, actually do when it comes to the defensive side of the game. Mm. Um, and that's really yet to be seen. Like I said, he's played uh, a few uh, spurts in that position, kind of in a pinch. Um, mm. So it's just something, just an idea thrown out down there. The player um, would really be keen on that either um but uh uh just an idea of uh players that are out there for um decent value i think and uh um and i just i haven't really seen us make any firm moves as far as um trying to bring in defenders yet so i was just trying to think outside the box of how to kind of uh strengthen ways we can strengthen that defense uh internally um but uh um, that's it. Uh, the curtain is now closing on the theater of football. Um, I want to thank, uh, thank Jeremy and Patrick for joining me today. Um, I'm Mike Hodum and, uh, uh, please give us your opinions and thoughts on, uh, Twitter at theater of football. And, uh, for next time, uh, take care everyone. Cheers. Later guys.